Good afternoon. Today is Tuesday. It's 12.15 p.m. and it's time for our weekly Lunch and Learn. This week is Lunch and Learn number 86. We're reaching two years of studying Torah together on a weekly basis. Every Tuesday we would get together in synagogue to study. Looking at our Torah, our traditional sources from Torah, from Talmud. Every week we explore another topic. Hi Jody, hi Roy. It's always exciting to see everybody and now it's exciting, almost as exciting, <laughs> to see everybody joining in to study Torah together. Today we have an interesting and very practical topic and as usual we'll take it from the top looking at the sources, the idea behind it and the practical side of it, how we can bring this into our lives. Good afternoon. Hi everybody that's joining. There is a link somewhere here where you can download and print out the source sheet. We're just getting ready to begin our weekly lunch and learn study session. Hi Igor. Nice to see you. I hope everybody is doing well. Everyone is healthy, keeping safe. And today's topic is, starts with a B. You know, in school, growing up, they had this contest. Hi Michael and Maureen, hi Judy and Ira. Once again, I, I sent out an email with the source sheet, otherwise you can download it here from the link. And we're just about ready to begin. Today's topic is, you know, one good thing is that it's raining outside. And being from home, we don't have to go out and get wet. So here in Brooklyn and Seagate, it's raining. But inside, it's nice and dry. And we're getting ready to study Torah together. So back in school, we had something called a brachos B. Or bracha. We know a bracha is, bracha is a blessing. A blessing B was a contest. And we would have to know which blessings go for which things and you had to know right away it was really exciting and we would review and get ready for this uh for this contest hi galina today's topic is blessings and blessing is like synonymous with being jewish jewish we're in, in our rituals in our mitzvahs we're always making brachas we're always making blessings all kinds of blessings when we go to shul let's say for a tgi or having a friday night meal we wash our hands for bread, and we make a bracha, al natilas yadayim, we make a blessing for washing our hands, when we make kiddush, we make a blessing over the wine, a bracha over the wine, when we're installing a mezuzah on our doorpost, we make a blessing, we make a bracha, we're putting on tefillin, a bracha, lighting Shabbos candles, a bracha, lighting the menorah, a bracha, we give a circumcision to an eight-day-year-old baby boy, we make a bracha, we're always making blessings, we're always making brachas, part of Jewish life. Now, in general, you know, even our prayers are full of blessings. Our prayers are longer blessings, but they're also blessings. They begin, many of them begin with Baruch Atah or conclude with Baruch Atah. So, hey, hi Shaya. That's my classmates from way back. Welcome. We're just about uh, starting to learn here our weekly session. And in general, there are three categories of blessings. 
One category of blessings is known as the blessings for mitzvahs. So some of the examples we mentioned, before we do a mitzvah, we say a blessing. Shabbos candles, mezuzah, tefillin, before we blow the shofar, before we shake the lulav and the esrog on sukkahs, the four kinds, we say a blessing. Lighting the menorah is a mitzvah. One mitzvah, one category of blessings are the blessings for mitzvahs. Thanking God for sanctifying us and giving us a specific mitzvah. A second category of blessings is blessings of praise. Praising God for different things. Our prayers are full of those. Thanking God for light. Yotzer Or, we say before the Shema in the morning prayers. Thanking God for, in, in the Shemona Esrei, in the Amida, we say 18 or 19 blessings. Blessing God for different things, asking for different things. Those are blessings. That's the second category of blessings. The third category of blessings is what's known as Birchos Hanehenin, the blessings of pleasure, the blessings of deriving benefits, Hana'a. When our bodies have pleasure, we say a bracha. And specifically today, right, so thunder actually is the category of praising God. There is actually a bracha, if we see thunder and lightning, uh, we say a bracha. That's the category of blessing God, praising God for His wondrous world. But the category that we're going to focus in on today is blessings of, of pleasure and specifically blessings for food. That's what we're going to talk about today. So out of the three categories, we have the category of mitzvahs, the category of praising God, and the category of food, thanking God for the food. That's what we're going to be focusing on today. And actually, in the Talmud, there's an entire tractate. There's an entire tractate out of the 60 tractates of Mishnah and Talmud. One full, the first tractate, is dedicated to blessings. It's called Tractate Brachos, the Tractate of Blessings. And within that, it's, what we're focusing in on is chapter 6, which is how do we make blessings on food before we ingest the food, before we eat. We say a blessing. We do it here by the weekly tefillin club on Sundays before we have the bagels and locks. We say blessings and over the coffee. And I will just demonstrate right here. <clears throat> I'm going to say a bracha, a blessing over a cup of water. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu Malach HaOlam Shehakol Niya Bidvaro. And you can all answer, Amen. <clears throat> okay. So, we're just about ready to get started. Hopefully by now you have your source sheet ready. And <clears throat> as we mentioned, we'll take it from the top. Look at the sources for the concept of making a blessing before eating, making a bracha. We'll look at the actual text of the bracha the specifics, the categories for different foods, and we'll finish off with how this is applicable specifically to our current time, living in uh, COVID-19 during this, this um, pandemic, why this specifically relates to our current situation, and of course with some inspiring stories. So we're ready to begin with source number one. So this young boy, hi, hi Nina and Ira, nice to, nice to see you on. This young boy, he goes to Hebrew school and grew up in a traditional Jewish home. 
and it's Friday night. He's visiting with his family at grandma's house. And he, he sits down by the table. He's about eight years old. He sits down by the table, little Moshe. And as soon as the, the food is served, he digs in and he takes a big bite. And his mother says, Moshe, you forgot the blessing. Before we eat, we say a blessing. He says, no, no blessing. <laughs> Moshe, at our house, always before we eat, we learned in Hebrew school, this is what we do. We say a blessing. If we do it in our house, in grandma's house, we do the same. So Moshe says, no, no, no. Only in our house we say the blessing. But we're at grandma's house and she knows how to cook. We don't need a blessing. But obviously that's not the case. Wherever we are, at home, at grandma's home, even if the food is delicious, we still need to pray and make a blessing. And we're going to learn what this is all about and how it should be done. Hopefully after 55 minutes or so, we will come out more knowledgeable. I myself was pretty fascinated and was, uh, fun and informative preparing for this class. Learned new things. Always room to improve. Hopefully we'll come out with a better understanding of blessings and how we can apply this to our daily lives. Take a look at source number one. We have a quote from the Talmud, Tractate Brochos. Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva, one of the famous excuse me, figures, excuse me, the famous sages of the Talmud, of the Mishnah, lived about um, 20, over 2,000 years ago, just about 2,000 years ago, Rabbi Akiva said, okay, hi Neil, Rabbi Akiva said, a person is forbidden to taste anything before he recites a blessing. So, it's a quote in the Talmud, the teaching of Rabbi Akiva, and it's brought down in Jewish law, that before a person eats, before a person ingests something, puts something into their mouth to eat or drink, a person, even in a little taste, even something, a person should not do that before he, of course, or she recites a blessing. This is equal for men and women. Women. To say a blessing. Before we eat something, we should say a blessing. And the question is why? Why is it important to say a blessing? I mean, why, why should I say a blessing? Let me just eat. So, source number two tells us that Talmud brings, Talmud brings two verses from the Torah. Now, the Torah we're referring here to the, the entire 24 books of the Tanakh. We have the five books of Moses, and we have the books of the prophets, we have the books of the writings. All of this is called the scriptures. This is a quote from Tehillim, from Psalms, which was written with prophecy by King David. And he writes like this, King, uh, Psalms, Tehillim has a, 150 chapters. The first verse in source 2 is a quote from Psalms 24. The earth is the Lord's and all that it holds, the world and its inhabitants. Everything is the Lord, it belongs to God. La Hashem Ha'aretz The earth, the Aretz, is La Hashem to Hashem. Not just the earth itself, but Umloa, everything that it holds, everything that fills the earth. The world and its inhabitants, everywhere, everything belongs to God. Then we continue. The heavens, another verse from chapter 115 in Psalms. The earth, sorry, the heavens belong to the Lord. But the earth, is, he gave over to man. 
seemingly a contradiction. The second verse is saying that the heavens, the higher realms, belong to God. That's his abode. That's where he, where he rules. But the earth, where man lives, was given over to man. But the first verse said that earth and all everything is God's. So is it God's? Is it Lashem? Or is it Nasan Livnei Adam? Did he give it to the to people? To Bnei Adam, to Adam, to Adam and all, all mankind? Who does the earth belong to? This is a contradiction that the Talmud brings. And the Talmud responds, the Talmud answers, source 13, how to coincide these two verses. Source 3, the verse that says that the earth is the Lord's refers to before a blessing is recited. And the verse that says that He gave the earth to mankind refers to after a blessing is recited. So each verse is talking about a different situation. The verse that says, the first verse we brought, it's all God's. It's not for us. It belongs to the Lord. Don't touch. It's not yours. That's before a blessing is recited. Before a blessing is recited, God created it. It's His. Right? He creates it. It belongs to Him. It's His. Once we say a blessing, then God gave it over to man. God gave it to us. It's His. He made it. He keeps on making the world. When we say a blessing, He gives it to us. He gave it over to man. He gives permission for man to partake and enjoy His bounty that He has given us. So without a bracha, without saying a blessing, it's not ours to take. It's like, it's like we're taking without permission. Like a child wants to have a cookie from the cookie jar. Who stole the cookie from the cookie jar, right? But the child has to ask his mother or her mother, can I have? The child understands that there is a boss here. There is someone in control. There is someone who it belongs to. And we have to ask permission, can I have? Now, we don't have to wait for God to respond to our blessing because God already gave His response. He says, if you make a blessing, then you can have. It's like imagine the mother telling the child, if you say please, if you ask, then the answer is yes. But you have to ask because you have to recognize that it's not a free-for-all. There's a plan here. And God says, when... Yes, it's mine, but when you make a blessing... You don't have to wait for a thundering voice to come out and say, and say, yes, you can now partake and enjoy. When you say a blessing, then you received permission to partake of God's world. That's the idea of a blessing. It's like saying, please. It's saying, please, can I have? I understand that it's yours. It's recognizing that it's God's. God's the creator. La Shem Haaretz. The earth and everything in it belongs to God. And He is giving it to me. It's a gift from God. God is giving it to me. And by saying, please, can I have, by recognizing, by blessing God and recognizing Baruch, this is, this, is, this is from God. And praising God, blessing God for the food, then we have permission. We asked, now we have permission to partake and enjoy it. And with that, the Talmud continues, source 4, anyone who derives benefit from this world without a blessing, it is as if he is guilty of misuse of a consecrated object. What is his remedy? He should go to a sage who will teach him blessings. So it's a consecrated object. Now we have a concept, something which is holy, consecrated, it's sacred. 
No one would ever think of taking a Torah scroll and wrapping it around you to have a blanket in synagogue and go to sleep. I mean, the Torah scroll, the holy, it's holy, it's sacred. It's not to be used in a profane way, in a, in a not, not holy way, in a mundane way. You wouldn't take a sitter and put it under your seat to be elevated. You don't sit on a sitter. You wouldn't use it to sweep the floor. Something holy. It's sacred. It should be used in a special way. So too, everything, why, why is the sitter holy? Because it's designated for God. It's to the Torah. It's God's word. It's something holy. It's dedicated. It's the prayer book, the sitter, is designated. It has God's name in there. It's connected to God. It's connected to godliness, to holiness. And therefore, it should be treated properly, with respect. It's not ours. It needs to be treated specially. The same thing, the entire world is God's. God's created it. So it belongs to Him. It's holy. So what do we have to do? We have to sort of redeem it. We have to ask permission. Now, God gives it to us. Now, if He gives it to us, and we recognize that God is giving it to us, we want to use it properly. Right? If a child borrows a phone, an iPhone, or an expensive phone, smartphone from the parent, he knows, the child knows that they better not break this. They better use it properly. It's not, it, it was given to them to use, but it needs to be done and used the way the parent wants them to use it. So if we recognize that God, it comes from God, it's given to us, we need to use it properly. And we need to sort of redeem it. You have a, you have a concept of what's called pidyon haben. When a, if, a, if a couple has a child, a, a boy, the firstborn is a boy, then after 30 days, they have to do what's called pidyon haben. It's a ceremony where they redeem the firstborn. Because according to the Torah, the firstborn belongs to God because God... Um, took care of all the firstborns in Egypt, of the Egyptian, and saved the Jewish firstborns. They were exempt. They were saved from this plague. So every firstborn belongs to God because God saved them. How do we, what do we do? We don't send them up to heaven to God. We give them to God's representatives and they are the Kohens, the Kohanim, the priests that would work in the, in the temple. They were the teachers, the leaders. The more, you know, they spent their days dedicated to God. So the, the, the child technically was, should be given to the Kohen as a gift. But after all, it's our child. So Torah gives us permission to redeem what's holy. This boy is holy. This boy belongs to God. So we give the Kohen five silver coins and we redeem this child back. And the money goes to the Kohen. And similar idea, the Talmud is saying that if someone derives benefit from the world without saying a blessing, they are misusing what's called me'ila, they're moil, they are, they are being disrespectful, they are misusing something which is holy, which is consecrated. Once, so what's this remedy the Talmud says? Go, go to the sage, go learn blessings. And that's what we're doing today, we're learning about blessings, we're learning how, to, how do we ask permission from God what is the traditional text? How do we say it? Which foods get which blessing? How is it done? To get permission from God to make use and have pleasure from the beautiful and nutritious, amazing things that God gave us. So just to sum up here, 
Hi, Oded. Thank you for, nice to see you. We're learning here. The first idea of a bracha, of a blessing, is recognizing that it's God's. God created it. And it was only given to us to use. So we're saying, please. The blessing is saying, please, God, can I have, can I partake of what you gave me? Hi. And a second idea of the blessing is really an awareness. It's, it's saying thank you to God, praising God for what he gave us. Recognizing, wow, this water, oh my gosh, it's delicious. It gives me strength. It revives me. Where did it come from? It came from God. So before I drink it, I'm thanking God, wow, look what God gave me. So number one, I'm saying, please, can I have yours? Can I have what, what is yours you created? And also, thank you. Thank you so much. Wow, look what you're giving me. This is so exciting. And it's bringing an awareness. Every time we eat, every time we drink, we ingest something in ourselves. We are being conscious of God. We are being conscious. We are being aware of what's happening, what's being given to us. Who created it? Why did he create it? If he created it and he's giving us permission, why is he giving us permission? How does he want us to use the energy, the strength that we're getting from this food, from the nutrition? He probably wants us to use it properly. And to do kindness and goodness and make this world a better place. And that is why source 5 in Halakha we see when a person eats a forbidden food, he should not recite a blessing of foreign. So God forbid if somebody is sitting down to have chazer, you know, we learned about pork a couple of weeks ago. Then a blessing should not be said because the whole idea of a blessing is being conscious of God, thanking God, yes, we can use pig for many other things but not to ingest we can use it for medical thing, for medical procedures we can use it for crayons and all kinds of other things amazing things that are made from a pig but not to ingest we don't make a blessing because a blessing is asking permission now we don't have to ask permission if god already said no imagine the mom says to the child that's it don't even ask me i already told you no God said things that are not kosher so for that we don't make a blessing but here we're referring to things that god gave us in the Torah permission, but specifically to eat and ingest every specific thing, we have we say a blessing beforehand, before eating. Let's take this a little bit deeper. Look at this from a Kabbalistic perspective before going on to learning about the actual blessing. So, we are made up of two things. We are made up of a body and a soul. Two things. And when a person dies, they part ways. The body goes one place, the soul goes another place and continues to exist. Body and a soul. The soul animates our bodies. The body can be there. As soon as a person dies, the body is 100% intact. But the soul is missing. There's no soul. And so too, Kabbalah tells us everything in this world has some sort of soul, has some sort of godly spark. What's a soul? A soul is a piece of God. Everything, even the inanimate, a stone, a rock, for sure something that grows, there's life to it. There's a soul, an animal, for sure. Every All matter has a spark, has a soul, a godly soul. Source 6, all matter exists because it contains within it a spark of godliness. That's what help, makes it exist. <clears throat> when we recite a blessing over food, we activate and elevate this godly spark. Thus the food nourishes us both physically and spiritually. Everything has a spark, what's called a nitsutz. 
Nitzutz is like a spark that comes out of a flame, out of a fire. Everything has a spark. A table has a spark of a godly soul, different kinds of soul, because it doesn't talk and doesn't walk, right? And the things that grow, vegetation has more different kinds of soul. But everything has a godly soul, a spark that animates it, that gives it, it, exi- that gives it, it its existence in whatever form it, 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 it is, it exists. When we say a blessing, we activate that godly spark. We elevate that godly spark. Ever heard of the term tikkun olam? Fixing our world, to make this world a better place. This is what it's about. The Kabbalah says there are sparks, these holy sparks, godly sparks, and when we take it, when we take a physical thing and we use it out, we recognize its source, we recognize its godliness, how God created it, and we use it for a good thing, we elevate it. And we ingest that food, and with that strength, we say a prayer, we run, and we take care of our bodies to be able to help somebody, to deliver some food to their door, to give charity, we go work, and from the work that we, the money that we, that we make, we give charity to help others. All of this is elevating that spark that was in that food. How? When we say a blessing. When we say a bracha, we are recognizing that spark. We recognize it comes from God. It was created by God. It has that spark. When we give attention, we notice that we, then we activate that spark and it gives us life and we elevate that spark. That's how the Kabbalah, in short, it's a deep topic, just touching upon this idea What's called birur hanitzotzos, elevating those sparks. And when enough sparks are elevated, that's when Mashiach comes. And all those sparks start to glow and are bright and we see this world peaceful and godly. This explains, source 7, why, yes, a pig also has a spark. But only when Mashiach comes, if you remember, we learned the word chazir, comes from the word chazir, that it will return to become kosher when Mashiach comes. But as of now, the spark is not accessible to us. Source 7. In some cases, the divine energy is accessible to us, while in other cases, it is inaccessible. The spark is so tied up in that object that it is not in our capability, in our ability, excuse me, to elevate, to activate that spark. Since the purpose of the blessing is to release the divine energy within food, and elevate it, one does not recite a blessing over food whose divine energy is so tightly imprisoned that we cannot access it and it cannot be elevated. So this is the concept of Kabbalah that the kosher foods, those are foods that the spark can be elevated, the spark can be accessed through us making a blessing and we can thus elevate it. But there are certain things, the non-kosher food, yes God created it, but for the time being we cannot consume it and therefore, we do not make a blessing on it because the blessing is about elevating those sparks. And those sparks are so imprisoned that said, there's no way of sneaking out. There's no way of elevating those sparks. Think of the Hebrew words. How do we say something forbidden? In Hebrew, if Odette is listening, how do we say something forbidden? Tell me if I'm wrong. Asur. Asur, asur. It's, it's forbidden. You're not allowed to. Asur also means asir. Asir means a prisoner. Because a prisoner is tied up. And these spark, when you say this food is asur, it's because the sparks in this food, the godly spark, is tied up. It's not accessible. How do you say something is permitted? Mutar. It is untied. It is permitted. 
because this spark is untied, we are able to access the spark that's within this food. So that's from a Kabbalistic uh, point of view that there's these godly sparks. When we say a blessing, we activate, we recognize the godliness in this food. It nourishes us not just physically but also spiritually. Those godly sparks give us nourishment. We elevate this godly spark by using it for a good cause. And those, that are, those foods that are not kosher are not fit for blessing. Number one, because God told us already there's no permission. And number two, the godly spark is so tied up that there's no need for a blessing to elevate that spark. Similar concept you find in, in many stories, this concept of reincarnation. Not just there is a, some sort of soul in, in a food, but there can be the soul of man. A person's soul, after they passed on, can be reincarnated in a piece of food, in an animal. There is such a concept at least back in the day. <clears throat> so there, there were these great tzaddikim hundreds of years ago, great holy men that they would try to rectify, to, to fix and to bring peace to these souls that were wandering, in, uh, wandering around in different animals and different uh, food items and to elevate their souls. One particularly was the Arizal, lived about 500 years ago, Rabbi Yitzhak Gloria in, in Israel, who dealt with souls and he was sort of able to interact being a very holy man inter interact with the souls that were trapped into these things and were waiting you know, one, one story that comes to mind uh, I heard as a child in a song how there was one man who came to the bar and a uh, Jewish man and he's waiting for a drink and they say what do you want and he whatever you give me wine, liquor uh, vodka, beer and they gave him a drink of beer and he takes the beer and he, and he uh, drinks the beer and there was a holy man at Tzaddik watching him and says, hey, let me tell you a story. He says, there was a, a man who passed on and I forget the details, but he was, for whatever reason, needed to be reincarnated as soul and he came into a, into a barley, into a kernel of barley and he was waiting, waiting in hope that he should, find, he should fall into the hands of a Jew and do a mitzvah, say a blessing over him, and then he'll, his soul will be elevated and be able to go to, to eternal peace in paradise, in Gan Eden. And he's waiting, waiting, the farmer comes and harvests the, the, cuts the, the barley, and he's waiting, hopefully a Jewish person will buy, will buy the, the barley, and the, and the whole story how the barley is made into flour, and he's waiting, and finally a Jewish... Um, man from owned a tavern buys it and he's waiting waiting buys a flower and makes it into puts it into the bear and he's waiting me all these different customers coming to the tavern non-jewish people all kinds of people and he's waiting he's hoping that a jewish man will come and elevate his soul and he, he winds in, in, into a bottle of beer and he's waiting to see who's going to get him who's going to drink him and the beer is given to a Jewish man. He's so excited. Finally, a Jewish man will say a blessing and I'll be elevated. And that soul was in your cup. And he forgot to say a blessing. And you never know whose soul it is. Maybe it's your grandfather. Maybe it's your father. And he says, and the man realizes that that day was his father's yard site. And he figured, yes, it probably is his father. A whole story. But we see that there's such a concept that when we say a blessing... We are 
elevating, elevating the spark in the bar, in, in the actual food, in the bear. But there is such a concept in the Kabbalah, talking about in reincarnation, of even the soul of a human, after living, can be reincar reincarnated in a, in a food. And you never know what you're accomplishing with saying a blessing. Saying a blessing, up in heaven, the angels are dancing, listening to every blessing that a Jewish person makes. Even a Jewish child makes a blessing. Continuing on to section number two, we have four sections there. Now we know a little bit about the source of a blessing. It's a halacha, it's brought into Talmud. The idea of a blessing is recognizing, asking God. We recognize it's yours. Please can we have, thank you for what you gave us, being conscious of the source of the food. Then we have permission to ingest the food. What is the actual bracha? What is the text of the bracha? So what we're going to focus on, as we said before, the bracha for food before eating. There are some blessings after we eat. We're focusing today on blessings, on brachas before we ingest the food. And every bracha starts with six words. Baruch, Ata, Hashem, Elokeinu, Melech Olam. Those are the six words. Where that, that starts every blessing. Where do these blessings come from? Who made the text of the blessing? Take a look at source number 8. The text of it all, the text of all the blessings was ordained by Ezra and his court. It is not proper to alter it, to add to it, or to detract from it. Okay? Um, if you're listening, you can just uh, say yes in the comments. I'm going to get some feedback here. Just talking to a screen. If you can uh, just type in yes if you're listening, uh, so we can feel like we're talking to each other. The text of the blessings was ordained by Ezra. Ezra was a Kohen, he was the leader of the Jewish people. Okay, thank you. Ezra was a leader of the Jewish people about 2400 years ago during the Second Temple era known as the Anshe Knesset Agdol, the men of the Great Assembly. Ezra, thank you Jody, the, um, ordained, they put together the text of the blessings. Now, those blessings, the wording of the blessing is very exact. It is not proper to alter it, not to change. You know, you want to, I don't want to say Baruch, I want to say something else. No, the exact wording of the blessings are important. Not, it is not proper to alter it, to add, or to detract. These are the blessings. This is how it should be said. They contain within it lots of meaning, even beyond what we understand. And when we say those words, we utter those words, they have lots of meaning. Thank you, Galina. Source number nine, there are six different blessings. Today we're talking about six blessings that we say prior to ingesting food or drink. Six different blessings, each beginning with the same six words. Baruch, Ata, Adonai, Elokeinu, I don't want to say God's name, Melech HaOlam, which translates as, Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe. And concluding with a few words related to the type of food eaten. That's the last three or four words. Words of the blessing we'll be talking about describing the actual food or drink we're eating or drinking. But the beginning is always the same. And we're going to talk about here the beginning of the blessing, Baruch Ata. Baruch means... Bless. Baruch. A bracha means a blessing. Baruch ata. Ata means you. Hashem, God, Elokeinu, our Lord. You are blessed. Now, doesn't, it's, you know, we're giving God a blessing. Maybe we give a friend a blessing. 
the Kohen gives us a blessing. We're giving God a blessing. God needs our blessings. Us people, God needs our blessings. So that's not really what it means. What it means is not that we are blessing God, giving God a blessing. We are, as we see in source 10, interesting. Again, in Hebrew, the words are in Hebrew. So the word Baruch doesn't just mean blessed. I mean, that's why it's important to say the specific words that, uh, that we're, we're told because it's not, the translation is not, doesn't contain all of the meaning. We once had a whole class on, on Hebrew, how the words contain lots of, the letters can, can be similar, the etymology of the words can be similar to other words. So here we see Baruch, source 10. The word Baruch is related to the word Berecha, which means a reservoir of water. A pool, in Hebrew, you go swimming to the Brecha, to the pool. A reservoir of water. Water is a source of blessing. Baruch comes the word Brecha. Baruch means, God, you are a pool of water. You are a source of blessing. Not that we are saying, God, I'm giving you my blessing. No. Ata, you, God, you're Baruch, you are blessed. You are the Brecha, you are the source of all blessing. Just as water goes from the ocean, from the, from the, the water goes and waters and gives life to the ground and gives us makes things grow and gives us nourishment and to animals and so on god you are the source of all nourishment of all life when we refer to god as blessed we mean to praise god as the source of all blessing this is a teaching of rabbeinu bachia ibn Rabbi Bachia explains how the word Baruch in Hebrew is not just blessed, but it's the source of blessing. So think of it. We're, we're saying a blessing, and we, we're, we're supposed to think about it. They say that there was a, a chassid, great pious man. <clears throat> His name was, he's known as the Radatz. Radatz is Reish Dalit Tzadik, which is an acronym for Reb David Tzvi. His last name was Chain. Grew up in, the, so in Russia lived in Israel at the end of his life, actually was by his grave. He passed away in 1926 or 25. He's buried on Mount Olives, Mount Harazesim in Jerusalem. And every time he passed away, he was quite old. Every time he said a blessing, he would put his hand on his head as if he's trying to remember something. And they asked him, why do you do that? I mean, you're saying blessings for years. You have to remember the blessing. And he said when he was 12 years old, he was in a private audience with the third Chabad Rebbe, the Tzemach Tzedek. And he told him, 12 years old, you should stop being a child. Whenever you're ready to say a blessing, take a moment to meditate and think about who you're going to bless. You're talking to God. Baruch Atah, we're saying you God. We're not even talking about God in third person. It's like we and God, we're friends. We have a relationship. You, God, you're blessed. You are the source of blessing. We're talking to God. So take a moment before we, we take a drink, before we eat something. Baruch, you are the source. you, Hashem, Elokeinu. You are the source of all blessing. Source 11. A blessing that does not include the mention of God's name and sovereignty over the world is not considered a blessing. After we say, Baruch, Atta Hashem, Elokeinu, you, God, are blessed, are the source of blessing. We say, Melech Ha'ola. Melech means a king, like Hashem Melech. Ha'olam, of the world, of the universe. God is not just the creator of the universe. He created the world, and then he went on a vacation. God never goes on vacation. He's working, even during uh, the current situation. He works from home. He works... <clears throat> 
he doesn't, not just he works from home, he's not contagious and he doesn't make other people sick. God is here. God is the king of the universe. He is actively ruling this world. He's actively involved with everything that happens here. He didn't just create the fruit. This fruit that just grew right now in my backyard this summer. Yeah, it was God. He didn't just make the world back then, the earth. And... No, no, no. This tree that happened right now, who made it happen? It didn't have to happen. The child did not need to be born. It happened right now. It's a miracle. God's workings. Yes, it's nature. Just because it happens every day doesn't mean that it's not God. God's making it happen. The fruit that I'm eating, the vegetable, the cake, the bread. God just made it come from the ground. It's fresh. God is melech ha'olam. And if we miss out those words, you're missing the point. Because the whole point of the blessing is to recognize that now it's God's. La Hashem, the first verse said it belongs to God. He's giving us permission to use it. Because it's His. This thing that just grew, it's also His. He's the melech ha'olam. And that's why if we miss out those words, we, we don't say God is the king, uh, His sovereignty, he's, he's ruling over this world, then that's not a blessing. That's not enough. We're not just praising God. We're not just blessing God. We're recognizing that, we're being conscious of the fact that this thing right now is a gift from God. And therefore, I should use it properly. Final source, turn the page on source 12 for this section all the blessings may be recited in any language, provided one recites a translation of the text ordained by the sages. So we mentioned that the text is important. So if we have to translate, if someone does not understand Hebrew, and more comfortable saying it in English, it can be done, but it should be done in an exact translation, although some may be lost, but the exact translation, not changing the order or changing things around. So we need to contemplate. We need to meditate when we say a blessing. These words, we're talking to God. We don't just mumble it over under our breath. It's not just for children to say a blessing. Also for adults. And we say a blessing, we are accomplishing loads. One of the great Hasidic Rebbes was Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Barditchev. The Barditchev Erov. He lived in Barditchev. I believe it's in Ukraine. If, uh, Igor, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe Barditchev is in Ukraine. And Rabbi Levi Yitzhak lived over 200 years ago. Great man, very pious. When he would make a blessing, you can imagine he did so with great fervor. And he was a shochet. He was a ritual slaughterer. He was holding a chicken in his hand. And as we mentioned, one of the categories of blessings are before we do a mitzvah. And actually, before we slaughter a chicken or an animal to be eaten, hi Jack, welcome. Welcome, Jack. Uh, before it's slaughtered, it's a mitzvah to slaughter and do it in a kosher way, as we discussed in a previous lesson, how the slaughter is done, generally, at least. We say a blessing. Maybe not over every single um, one, but a blessing is definitely said. And he got so into the blessing, he was meditating, and it took him a long time to say each word of the blessing. By the time he finished the blessing, the chicken was gone. So, hi Gail. So it's not, we, we don't necessarily have to be a believe Yitzhak and the food is gone and the food is rotten by the time we finish the bracha, the, the time they finish the blessing, the food is cold. But, we should, we should still take a moment to think about, think for a second, who am I talking to? Who am I blessing? Who am I making a blessing? What is the idea of a blessing? I'm asking God, please, can I have some of your bounty? Thank you. 
praising God for the amazing world that we live in and being conscious that the strength that I get from this food should be utilized and channeled properly. So let's move on to our third section here. The actual, let's get a little practical. The food blessings themselves. As we mentioned, we're talking about the food before we eat, before we ingest, not thanking God for the beautiful house we live in or other things. We're talking about eating and drinking. There are six categories. If you just joined, there's a link here you can download to follow along. We're at source number 13, and we're going to split this into two parts. Hi, George. Nice to see you. We're studying here the weekly lunch and learn. We're studying about blessings. So we divide this into two sections out of these six categories. Now, it doesn't mean that every food we have a separate blessing for. We have six categories of food. So, you know, if I'm eating an orange, we don't say a special blessing for an orange. Thank God for making the orange and thank God for the pear and thank God for the cake. We say we have categories. Each category, if it fits into that category of the six categories, then, then that's the blessing that we that we make. Now, it's important that we don't just thank God for everything. Baruch Atah Hashem, thank God. King of the universe. That, that doesn't suffice because imagine uh, your wife made supper, made dinner, and you just say, oh, thank you. That was great. You always make great dinners. Or you say, oh, this chicken, you made it really good. This chicken was something special. How do you make it? Where did it come from? How do you spice it? Did you fry it? Did you bake it? You know, go into the details. This, this, uh, Salad was, was really yummy. So we're thanking God. We're pointing out the specifics. And it's not just for God because He needs to hear our thank you. But it's for us to recognize the, where it came from. It came from God. It was given to us. And how we should utilize uh, the, the, the great things, that, the great world we live in to be thankful and utilize it properly. So three of these six blessings are more general blessings. And the, the other three are more specific categories. The first three... Uh, we'll say it first, and we'll look at it inside. The first category is things that grow from the tree. So fruits. Fruits, all fruits. So it's apples and oranges and pears and nectarines and peaches and plums. All fruit, well not all, but generally things that come from a tree. Avocados and figs and dates and grapes and and uh, grapefruit. All, all fruit that grow from a tree. We'll see soon a little bit. Uh, specific, uh, an exception, but generally th fruit, uh, things that grow on a tree are all that category. They have one blessing. The next category are things that come straight from the ground. Yes, the tree also comes from the ground, but the way the God made these, these trees, once these trees are here, the trees can give fruit every year. Every year, the same tree gives apples. Growing up, we had a plum tree in our backyard. The same tree, it lived through the winter, the branches were there, and the next year, new plums appeared. So, we're thanking God for trees, for the food that He gives us on trees. The next category is things that come from the ground. Vegetables, generally vegetables. So cucumbers, even tomatoes, it comes from the ground. Um, <clears throat> what else? All... You know, carrots and potatoes and sweet potatoes and zucchini and eggplant, all things that grow from the ground, Vegeta generally vegetables, have their category, they have another blessing. 
That's category, uh, category number two. Category number three is everything else. Everything else, which is fish, chicken, meat, cheese, eggs, juices, water, all drinks, saying alachayim on uh, some Smirnoff or vodka, liquor, those are, or even apple juice because it doesn't look like an apple anymore. So it's, it also gets that, and even mushrooms. Mushrooms doesn't grow directly from the ground. It's, it's a fungus it's from the air. Mushroom is also, uh, that's the third category. So let's take a look at uh, source number 13. We'll, we'll see these three blessings. So they all start with Baruch HaTashem, Elokeinu Malach HaOlam. And they conclude with source 13, number one, Borei Periha Eitz, who creates the fruit of the tree. Borei means create. Peri, the fruit of Haetz of the tree. Those are for all things that come from trees, like apples and oranges. Number two, Borei Periha Adama. Adama means, excuse me, the earth, like Adam, Adam. Adam was called Adam because it came from, he was formed from the earth. Adama. So those are for vegetables, who creates the fruit of the earth. Number three, Shehakol Niya Bidvaro. Shehakol, that everything, Nihiya, was created is created with his word by whose word all things came to be God said there shall be this shall be trees shall be things growing from the ground so those are you know if you're having kale a kale salad then that is the bracha you'll say sorry for the fruits of the earth comes directly from a bush from, from, the, from the ground and everything else if you're having if you're having a cup of milk you'll say if you're having mushrooms if you're having a drink you're having uh, honey or if you're having some eggs for breakfast, you say Shehakol. Those are the three general blessings. Either from the tree, or from the earth directly, or everything else is Shehakol. Then, I mean, let's just, one uh, detail here, source 14. What is defined as a fruit or a vegetable? It's not exactly how it is in English. What's a fruit or a vegetable? I believe, let's say, a tomato can be considered a fruit, or a banana is a fruit, but not, not really over here in Jewish law. But in Jewish law, a fruit or a tree is considered, source 14, a fruit is defined as something growing from a perennial tree that does not renew its stem and does not grow too close to the ground. If every year, the, you know, if, if every you know, winter the tree or whatever season the, the tree, the stem, even if the trunk is there, but if the stem is gone and grows again every year, then it's basically coming again from the ground every year. So that's included in, in the blessing of Hadama from the ground. That's the second category. In order for it to be considered a fruit and have the blessing of a tree, it needs to be a tree that's constantly there. That once the tree is there, the tree is there. Like an apple tree or a plum tree. The tree, the stem, the branches are all there throughout the year. That's one point. And also, it can't be too low to the ground, right? So it doesn't renew its stem. That's, so, uh, that's one point. And also, it does not grow too close to the ground. So I believe, let's say, banana tree or certain, certain trees like that, banana will be in the category of hadama. Or strawberries and melons like pine and pineapple and watermelon. Those will be in the category coming straight from the ground because they, they're not looked at as a tree from a halachic perspective. So those are some tricky ones. But generally, an apple is the category of the fruit from the tree. You know, if you think of it, if it's a... a, a, I'm not a farmer, I don't know. I'm not a gardener. Maybe Hank will will help us when he comes on. But there are 
fruits, that, that, not really fruits, but things that grow on a proper tree, tall tree. Generally, that's fruits. Then we have the second court. You have Hadama, comes straight from the ground. Cucumber. And then we have Shahakol. Everything else. Okay, now we're moving on to the second set of three categories that are sort of exceptions within these categories. And that is, we all know the blessing Hamotzi. Hamotzi Lecha Minaharz. We say that Friday night. When we're having challah, it's not just Friday night, that every time we have bread, bread or bagel, most bagels, matzah, anything similar to bread, a baguette, something like that, would get this blessing. So, so in other words, everything come, we, we have the category of coming from the ground, bore priyadama, coming from the ground, but within that, Yes, a cucumber comes from the ground, but a cucumber, as soon as it comes out of the ground, it's edible. You can just eat the cucumber. It comes straight from the ground, edible. But then there are things that go from the ground that are not edible. Hi, Gita. Not my daughter, but hi, Gita. Different one. Nice to see you. So the, let's say we're talking here about five kinds of grain. In Halakha, we talk about five grains. So wheat, barley, rye, oats, and spelt. So a wheat kernel, you can't really eat it. Or generally it's not <coughs> edible. What you do with this wheat kernel is you grind it. You make flour. You knead it with some water and maybe some other ingredients. And you have bread, which satiates the staple of life. Bread makes you full like nothing else. And ultimately, the more full we get of something, the more important it is to us, the more we have to thank God for it. Bread is most important. So, things that come from these five grains, so it's not directly from the ground. It doesn't go into the category of ha-dama, like a vegetable, because a vegetable comes right out, it's ready out of the ground. These things, they need, God gave us the ability to take these things, grind them, and make them into something edible with our... It doesn't come straight from God, but with our help, we prepare the food, prepare the kernels, the seeds, make it into flour, and something very tasty, but very um, something that makes us full can come out of it. And that's what we're thinking on for specifically this kind of food. So if we make bread, we make a blessing, hamotzi. That's the first one. And the next one is something which is made out of flour, which is not bread, not used as the staple, not used as the sandwich, like the main part of the meal. Something which is made for a snack. Bread is used, you're having a sit sitting down for a lunch, you're sitting down for breakfast, it's a meal, you have bread. For dinner, you'll have some bread, some uh, something, some sort of pita. But if it's meant, if the flour is used in a dish in a, for a snack, like pretzels or wafers or cookies and crackers and tam-tams and cake and all kind, those kind of things. So then, yes, it contains the five grains. It's not a vegetable, it's not a fruit. It comes from the ground, but not directly from the ground. It comes through flour, but it's not used as a staple. It's not used as, as uh, sitting down for a meal. It's used more as a snack. It's not so filling. Then we have a second blessing, Mizonos. Okay, so let's take a look at those two. Source 15, 
Number four, blessing number four is Hamotzi Lecha Min Haaretz. Hamotzi means he brings out, he, uh, he brings forth bread from the earth. doesn't just grow from the, uh, from the earth, the bread, but he gives us the ability to um, do that process. And the next one, five, Borei Minei Mizonos, who creates various kinds of sustenance. Mizonos means sustenance. Because it fills us up. It's not just a fruit or vegetable, which may be very nutritious. And have lots of vitamins in there. But it doesn't fill us up so much. It's good as a salad. But really, to feel full, we eat something which has flour. And these specific five grains, the other, other things like you know rice and all the other kinds of uh, things are, are <clears throat> a different category. Here we're talking primarily about these specific five Kinds. Wheat, barley, rye, oat, and spelt. So that we learned Hamotzi and Mizonos. Interesting law, source 16. The Hamotzi blessing at the beginning of a meal will cover everything you eat as part of the meal, except for with dessert or wine. Since Hamot, since the main since the main food is bread, bread is what sustains us, like especially back in the day. So bread, once we wash for bread, we wash for challah, we don't have to start making a blessing on everything else we eat. Once we make a hamotzi, the beginning of a meal covers the whole meal. Anything that's eaten as part of the meal. You're having fish, you're having salad, you're having soup, everything. You don't need to make a, a separate blessing on everything else. Once you made a blessing over the bread, it covers for everything. Besides, extra stuff that are not really part of the meal. We'll see wine is special, but besides dessert. Because dessert is not eaten to fill you up. The fish and salad and, din and dinner, that is. But even the sides. But dessert is there just for dessert. It's not because no one says, oh, I'm so hungry, I didn't have dessert. You know, dessert is not when you're hungry. Dessert is when you're full. So, once you set a mozi, which is there to sustain, to make you full, that mozi will cover everything else. But otherwise, if we're just making a, having a cake, <clears throat> then it only covers for that category. Okay, I hope this is clear. We'll review it shortly again. Let me make a little... Okay, we'll make a little <clears throat> break soon. So, source 17 leaves, uh, leads us to the final uh, one of the six categories, which is over wine. So, wine is different, even though wine comes from a grape. And a grape, grape is a fruit. Grape is the first category, Bore Periha 8. It comes from a tree. The vine is considered a tree. It's actually one of the fruits that the land of Israel was blessed with. One of the seven things. So why don't we make uh, <clears throat> a eights on wine or a shahakal because apple juice is a shahakal because the apple is not meant specifically for juice. Apple is meant to eat the apple. We can make apple juice out of it but it totally doesn't even look like apples anymore. It's shahakal and same thing with any juice. But wine, even though it comes from a grape, gets its own blessing because the whole idea of the, of the grape, the, the wine is more important than the grape itself, without getting into the details, but the great wine is special. Wine is special in Jewish law. Wine has a special uh, trait to it. Hope we all know about that. We're missing out if you don't. Wine is a royal drink. As the Torah itself says, source 18, quoted some verses here, Wine that cheers the hearts of men. It cheers us up, but we have some wine, we make alachayim, we make some kiddush on Shabbos, on holidays, on Yom Tiv. Wine cheers us up. That's the nature of wine. It's a gift that God gave us. Wine which gladdens God and men. Yes? 
Why which gladdens God and men? What does it mean in gladdens God? I can understand it gladdens men and women also. Yes, we every Shabbos by the Kiddush we say some lachaim over some wine. The spirit of Shabbos. What does it mean it gladdens God? God also likes wine. In the times of the temple, there was a libation. They would pour wine on the altar in the temple. They brought up different sacrifices, different animals. But you didn't just have meat. God did not just consume on the altar meat or birds, but wine. Only once a year on the holiday of Sukkot was also water. But oh, every single day, twice a day at least, there was a libation, a pouring of wine, an offering of wine on the, on the altar in the temple. And more so, continuing here in source 18, the Levites chant the hymns of glory only during the wine libation ceremony. We know the Levites, they had a choir, they had an orchestra, they would sing different chapters of Psalms, what's known as Shir Shalyon, the song of the day that we say in our prayers every day of the week, another chapter that the Levites would play and sing during the sacrifices, but specifically uh, when the wine was being poured, because wine is associated with joy, with song. Shabbos, we begin the Shabbos meal with a cup of wine, a marriage ceremony. It's a joyful ceremony. The blessing is done over a cup of wine. When a boy is brought into the covenant during a circumcision, the blessing is name is given over a cup of wine. And so on. Many instances, we use a cup of wine. By the Seder, we're celebrating our exodus. We use wine. Wine is a royal drink. It's a prominent drink. If there's wine at a dinner, the, the, the ambience, the atmosphere is different. Wine is a very important drink. So wine deserves a special bracha, a special blessing. Even though it comes from the juice, it's not shahakol, it gets the bracha, Borei Peri HaGafen, who creates the fruit, uh, Miss Source 17, Borei Peri HaGafen, who creates the fruit of the vine. The fruit of the vine, Borei Peri HaGafen, that is the blessing that we say over wine. Even if it's in the middle of a meal, you're ready to wash for bread and you're ready to set a mozi, but wine is so special that even in the middle of a meal, a meal even in the middle of a meal, we say the bracha Borei Peri HaGafen. More so, source 19, which concludes our third section. Once you recited Hagafen over wine or grape juice, subsequent drinks, by the grape juice also gets the blessing of wine, it's considered wine, subsequent drinks in that meal do not warrant a blessing. The bracha of Hagafen covers all further drinks. So if I'm having wine, then I'm having a drink of water after we do not have to make a shahakol over the cup of water, the wine blessing covers all drinks, all beverages. Okay. So by now we should be clear. I was looking for a chart to help everybody. Hopefully we'll get it to you. But you can find in the sitter it has these uh, chart with the six blessings. We have ha'etz, barei peri ha'etz for things that come from the tree, directly from a tree. Barei peri adama for low trees and uh, and uh, things that come straight, vegetables that come straight from the ground. We have shehakol for everything else, meat and chicken and drinks. Most drinks. Then we have hamotzi for bread, pizza, bagels. Then we have mizonos for cakes, cookies, things that uh, contain flour from the five grains, wheat, barley, rye, spelt, and oats. Then we have hagafen, barepri hagafen for wine. Okay. Moving on to our final section. And we'll see how this connects to COVID-19. 
this uh, plague is plaguing us. Interesting that there is an app. I have this on my phone. Sometimes it can get a little tricky, as we said, bananas, strawberries, berries, different blueberries, it depends how it's made. Even, for example, hearts of palm. What's hearts of palm? It's from the tree. So is it Boreperia aids? Or is it from the ground? What is hearts of palm? There, it really depends. So there is an app. Uh, it's called Brachos app. You can search it on the, on the Play Store. Uh, I have an Android. It should be good also for an iPhone. And there's an app you can put in any kind of food and it will come up telling you and even have the text there for you with the, I think with the translation. It's in, Eng- it's in English to help you uh, with your blessings. You can pick one category to start with. Uh, one, you know, fruits. I'm going to try whenever I have my apple. I'm going to try to make a bracha. Try to make my blessing. If we can say it in Hebrew or, transla- or translation or transliteration. Um, that's a good place to start. There's always room for improvements. Saying a bracha is uh, invalid. It's it's the, the value is 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 uh, is infinite. During the 1980s, my Rosh Yeshiva, my dean of my yeshiva, when I was studying in yeshiva in Toronto, Robert Wagner actually he got to send him a complete and speedy recovery. He's going through a challenging time right now. Kiva Gershon ben Rachel, ben Basia Rachel, I believe that's his name, uh, studied there for five years and told me a story. It was in the early 1980s. And the Rebbe, the Babacha Rebbe, was not, was not, uh, was not well. Uh, things were going on. It was a tense time. And people were writing letters to the Rebbe. And the Rebbe usually would respond. The Rebbe wasn't responding. It was, it was a serious, uh, tense time. And I'm not sure exactly what was going on then. Whether in Israel the situation was, was serious and the Rebbe was speaking at his talks, the Fabrengans, we need to increase in doing mitzvahs and improving and improving, adding light to this world. There was one boy from Detroit, Michigan. And he wrote to the Rebbe, he was a young boy, 11 or 12 years old, he wrote to the Rebbe that in light of the situation, what the Rebbe is talking about, he took upon himself a good resolution. Every morning he says his blessings, the morning blessings in the beginning of prayers, thanking God, for uh, for our souls, thanking God for for our eyes, it was a series of blessings. Not quite the category we're talking about here, but blessings nonetheless. And he used to say them by heart on his way to school. He'd walk to school, or uh, and on the way he would say them from memory. You know, he say them every day. He knew them by heart. And in light of what the Rebbe spoke, he took upon himself. He's writing to the Rebbe, a twelve-year-old boy writing to the Rebbe. This is nineteen eighties leader, great rabbi. He tells the rest of the Rebbe that he's taking upon himself to say the blessings at home from the sitter. He's going to say it slowly, looking inside, word for word, and more concentration. He's saying the blessings anyway, but he's going to say it with more concentration, be more careful about saying the blessings. And lo and behold, the Rebbe responded to him. The Rebbe responding to a young child, and the Rebbe wasn't really responding to anybody else, even really important things. And the Rebbe answered him a few words in Hebrew. He wrote to him, Hechi Sani, you revived me. Kemayim Karim, like cold water, al nefesh on a tired soul. You revived me by giving me this news that you are going to take the time, wake up five minutes early. Usually he was in a rush. Eat quickly, get dressed, and eat, and out the door and say the blessings on the way. 
You can wake up five minutes early to say the blessings properly. From looking inside, the Rebbe said, You revived me. You revived me like cold water on a tired soul. That story stuck with me, and it's, we can think about that. Every time we say a blessing, Hashem, we're talking to Him, He's listening. Let's move on to the fourth section, a few more points. Let's see, it's getting a clock is moving, or just a couple more minutes. And we'll be done. Sorry. So, just a couple of points, a couple of things to point out. Hi, Ella. A couple of things to point out. We're learning here about blessings before we eat. Source 20. When eating several different foods in the same category, only say only one blessing. So, if I'm eating an apple and an orange, I'm eating a fruit salad, and all apple, oranges, and pears, I don't have to make a blessing on the apple, a blessing on the orange. For sure, they don't get their, their own blessing. It's one blessing. Bore Puriya eats. God who created the fruit of the tree. But one blessing goes for all fruit. For the apple, for the orange. You don't have to make a special blessing, even if it's a different kind of fruit. All fruit in the same time. Well, you can eat an apple and then go to the fridge and get an orange. It's okay. You don't have to make a new blessing as long as it's one eating session. You know, Once you finish your snack and you go back to work, you go back to what you're doing, now you want to eat again. So then, then you would make another blessing. Hi, Amy. So that's one point. And continuing on in Source 20, when eating several foods from different categories, say a separate blessing over each type of food. So what if I'm eating a cucumber and an apple? So then I'll say a blessing on the apple first. I'll say a bore pariha eats. And then I'll say a blessing over the vegetable, the cucumber. Even if I'm eating it together, each one gets their own blessing. Because they're a different category of the six categories we discussed. Another thing to point out is when you're eating two things together. So I'm eating cereal and milk. I don't have to make a blessing on each because the main food here is the cereal. The, the milk is just there to make the cereal a little bit better. Yes, the milk is very nutritious, and but you would make a blessing mainly uh, just on the cereal, which is a mizonos, which is sort of a snack. It's not a bread. It comes from grain. Either way, lots of details. You know, if, if you're having a tuna salad and the main thing is tuna and there's a little pieces of vegetables in there, you don't have to make a blessing on the vegetable because the main thing here is the tuna. It's a tuna salad. It's not a vegetable salad. Whereas if there was a vegetable salad and there's a drop of tuna in there, it's mixed in, then you would make a blessing on the vegetable. So these are just some ideas to think about, but we'll focus in on the main points here. So it's 21. A blessing is required whenever eating even a small amount of food. Even if you're just having a little candy, you'll make a shahakol. Even if something small, even if you want to taste, and if you're swallowing it, you would make a blessing. Know what blessing you must make before you begin. Don't say, Baruch Hashem, okay, oh, well, is this a fruit, is it a vegetable, let me check on the app. No. You have to know before we begin, we have to know what we're thanking God. Which specific we're thanking God for. Hold the food in your right hand while reciting the blessing. If you're a left-handed, if you are left-handed, hold it in your left hand. Do not talk until you swallow the first bite. Like in shul, we make, uh, wash our hands. When, well, for our mozi, also, any blessing of the six categories, when you make the blessing, we should not talk, we should not uh, talk until we swallow the first bite. Even if it's in our mouth, it's not nice to talk until we finish the first bite, so the blessing sort of went on that first bite. So, I'm going to make a little demonstration here. I have a wafer. So a wafer, chocolate wafer, is, well, it's actually not chocolate, I don't know what it is here, uh, some sort of wafer, it comes from grain. I look at the ingredients there, and I see that the ingredients, interesting, this is made in Israel. Uh, the ingredients here, 
are, huh, I don't read French. And ingredients, okay, sugar, but wheat flour. Sorry, sugar, but wheat flour. The main ingredient here is flour because once flour gets into something, it's, it's, always, it's always a mizonos because it, it takes precedence. So there's flour in here. I'm going to make a mizonos. I'm holding it in my right hand. I don't know what it looks like on the screen, but it's my right hand. And I know a blessing I'm making, and I'm going to think about, I'm talking to God, Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Borei Minei Mezonos. Hmm. Okay, that was yum. Thank you, Hashem, for making this world an amazing place where I can take some wheat and make it into a delicious wafer. Give me the strength to study Torah and teach other people Torah. Study together. That's how it's done. What does this have to do with our current situation? So there's a, we'll conclude with this story that the Midrash tells us, the times of King David. Source 22. During the reign of King David, King David's capital for 33 years was in Jerusalem, Yerushalayim. Some of the archaeologists claim that they found some of the remnants of King David's palace near the Western Wall. During the reign of King David, there was a terrible plague that took the lives of exactly 100 people each day. It was exact. 100 people was accounted for. 100 people were, were, were taken during this plague. The rabbis at the time perceived there were prophets then who were able to perceive the plague's spiritual cause and instituted the practice of reciting 100 blessings per day. The plague immediately stopped. This is recorded in the Midrash, Midrash Tanchuma. And from this, the Talmud learns out, so it's 23, and it's brought down in Jewish law, Code of Jewish Law, a person is obligated to recite 100 blessings every day. There were 100 people dying every day, King David instituted with the rabbis then, every single day we shall say, we shall bless God, recognize, being conscious of God a hundred times a day. Now, they don't have to all be foods on blessings. We said there were three categories of blessings. There's blessings for a mitzvah, blessings for in our prayers. And actually, if you count it up, if, you, if we pray three times a day, Morning, afternoon, and evening, those blessings, those prayers themselves come to close to 100. Or, you know, there's 18 blessings, 19 blessings in the Amida prayer, which is done three times a day. That itself is, you know, 54, um, 57 blessings. And you have a meal, you wash your hands, you say the blessing on the hands, and you have to say the blessing on the motzi. And if someone goes to the bathroom a few times a day, there's a blessing after that. The blessing, the morning blessings, thanking God. So it's not something that we usually have to worry about. But it's something which shows us the importance. That's why actually like on Yom Kippur, where we're fasting and we're not eating, so we're always careful. So we were missing some blessings to, to add to a hundred. So that's why we make a blessing over besum and we'll smell something. And every time we smell is also a blessing. So there is such a concept. And we find that making blessings helps for a plague. Immediately when they... When they instituted, they started, the people of the city began to make blessings, a hundred blessings a day that was linked to a hundred people. They were able to stop the plague. Saying blessings, especially in our times, saying blessing, recognizing 
being conscious of God, being conscious that God is the blessing, God is the source of all blessing, being asking God for, for permission for His consecrated world that belongs to Him, giving us permission to use it. And when we are conscious of that, when we are aware that everything is from God, we will be more inclined, we'll be more inspired and focused to use the energy properly to do good things. It's not my energy, it's not my world to do with what I want, do with it how, how I please. We say thank you to God. We recognize God's kindness to us and we do, we're more inspired to be better people, to use the world around us properly and to say a bracha, to say a blessing as much as we can. Hopefully this was informative, inspiring, the six categories of blessings. As I mentioned, you can download the app, Baruchos app, to help you with your blessings. Take one step, one category, one kind of food. Whenever you say, whenever you have a drink, whenever you have wine to say a blessing, whenever you, you have bread. Like six categories of food blessings. Take a small step. How I'm going to incorporate this into my life to be more aware, to be more, more conscious of what's going on around me. That was today's topic, topic of blessings, baracha. And I give all of you a bracha, a blessing. We should all be healthy, we should all be well. We should all continue to grow in our connection with Hashem. And as a community, all together, we should be safe, we should be healthy. And as we say, gesund und stark. Strong and healthy. If any, anyone has any questions, any specific foods, now is a good time to ask. Don't be shy. Lots of books. Lots of books. Uh, maybe you can sign up for the Brachasbi. I think uh, they have an international Brachasbi. Maybe in Israel. A whole contest. Different foods. You know, they can, it can get tricky. What blessing do you make on uh, chicken soup? It has matzo, has matzo balls in there, and it has it has carrots. And how, how does it go? Not always you make a special, uh, you know, uh, individual blessing for each thing. The name of the figure out how to make a comment here. The name of the bracha here. I think it's this brachos. Uh, I think that's the the name of the app brachos. Something like that. Maybe B R O and should be able, maybe when I get off, I'll be able to send a picture of how the app looks on my phone. Uh, it's very helpful. And, you know, let's say fruit, what's considered a, what's considered a vegetable, like it gets the Hadama blessing, what gets the AIDS blessing, alcohol. Uh, so that can be sometimes complicated and maybe there are different opinions. So that's something to, to uh, those are the complicated parts, but there are many food items that are very clear, straight up, they're kosher, and it's very clear what their blessing is, and it's a good place to start. Alcohol, uh, yes, you can text a funny joke uh, if it's uh, pro appropriate for a Jewish uh, Torah class. Uh, alcohol, to answer your question, Amy, alcohol is the same as wine? No, although alcohol can gladden one's heart if you know done properly and safe, but alcohol comes from grains. Alcohol, most alcohol drinks are shahakol. 
they're all shahakol. I'm saying most of them come from uh, grain, from wheat, from barley. Those are shahakol, like most drinks. Wine is specifically, it's a very prominent drink and a prominent beverage. So wine, and especially as we mentioned, that it's not just that it makes man's heart, gladdens man, man's heart, but mesamech elokim makes God um, happy. As we mentioned, that, that uh, in the temple, the wine was a libation on, on the on the altar, and that was a time when God would hear sort of the the music, the the songs of the Levites. So wine specifically has that special blessing, but alcohol um, has a shahakal. But I should point out that if something is detrimental, if something is dangerous, meaning and if something is then then uh, let's say medicine. Uh, medicine, we don't make a blessing over medicine. Well, the question is if it's like a chewable and it's also like a candy, but generally medicine, you don't make a blessing because although although uh, we're ingesting it, but it's not pleasurable. It's not, it's not that, that doesn't get a blessing. And the question would be if I'm drinking water to help me swallow a pill, even then, if I'm not thirsty, I would not have to make a blessing over the water because it's just there for the pill. It's part of the medicine. We would not need to make a blessing over the water. Uh, and even if I'm not thirsty, I'm just drinking water because I don't want to be dehydrated, but I'm not, then also we wouldn't make a blessing over water. Water, we make a blessing over water when it's pleasurable, when it, we're, we're, we're thirsty. Haha. <laughs> Michael, very funny joke. Thank you. It's always a good to hear a joke. The Talmud actually says that Rava, one of the great Talmudic scholars, teachers, before he would teach his students, he would tell them a joke to open their hearts, to uh, be able to be happy, to be in good mood, in a good mood, to be able to study Torah better. As we know, when we study with a smile on our face, we're studying something that we're we're enjoying. Our minds work better. That's that, that's the, the that's what the Talmud says. Uh, okay. That makes more sense, Michael. <laughs> a monk. Um, <clears throat> so that's that's about blessings. Um, any other questions? So alcohol, as you mentioned, yes, alcohol would be a shahakal. There are other blessings. We mentioned there are blessings other for mitzvahs. There are blessings for uh, thunder and lightning. If we see a rainbow, there's a special blessing for a rainbow. Those are blessings that are more praising God for the wondrous world we live in, not necessarily what we ingest. But what is included in this category is good smell. Like by Havdalah, after Shabbos goes out, we make a blessing over something that uh, that has a good aroma, a good smell, that is pleasurable. It's not through our mouth, it's through our nose, but it's something that we inhale, that is something that is, is included in, in this category. Other blessings are after we. That's a whole other topic. After we, we also may say a blessing, what we call benching. But um, that is about blessings. There was a child, just to conclude with this, there was a child that was asking his father for an apple. And his father said, no, not now. You don't, you don't deserve it or whatever it is. So what did the child do? The child said, Baruch Oh, no, no, I can't talk. And his father was forced to give him an apple. Because once we say a blessing, once we mention God's name, we, won't, we don't want it to be in vain. If the father wouldn't give him the apple, then the blessing, God's name, would be mentioned for no reason. He's not eating anything. And he didn't want to talk because you don't uh, you know, interrupt between eating and the, and the apple. 
So that's a, that was just a little trick of that smart boy. But we want to make sure we have the blessing right before we before we um, say the blessing. We don't want to say the wrong blessing and then have said God's name in vain. But if it does happen, for whatever reason, one said a blessing, the wrong blessing, um, the incorrect blessing, rather, then we would say, Baruch Shem Kivod Machusol Elamvet. Just like we say right after we say the Shema, we say, Baruch Shem Kivod Machusol Elamvet, which means that we're praising God's name. You mentioned His name, we praise God's name. Um, I'm not sure what you're referring to, Amy, so I can't really respond. But that is about blessings. Once again, you can download the app. Uh, we tried to get some sort of charts. It couldn't. Uh, we can we can print out and hang in your kitchen, which has all the blessings. Hi, Julie. We're just about finishing up here, but nice to see you. Uh, we can print out a chart with the six blessings in your kitchen, and when you're sitting down for breakfast, dinner, lunch, or for a snack, or on the fridge, you can have a chance to say the blessing, say the bracha. It's not a long thing. It's not a prayer. It's ten words, nine words. The first ones we all familiar with. Baruch Atah Hashem, Elokeinu Melech HaOlam. And then just a couple of words. So, marijuana cookie, I'm not familiar with it, but if it's a cookie, meaning if it contains, if it's, I'm not sure if it's medical, if it's just purely medical and there's no good taste, you know, and you're not enjoying it, then generally we don't say a blessing over medicine. But if something has a good taste to it, like, um, you know, a chewable, like for kids, they have vitamin C or something which has a taste to it. It's also like a candy. And I, b- I believe that we do say a blessing because we're also having it as a candy. Um, like a Ricola candy for a cough, something we, you would make a blessing because it's also enjoyable. Now, if a cookie, so that's, I'm not sure what this cookie idea is, but if it's, also, if it's there for enjoyment, now it depends what the ingredients is. Marijuana is a plant. It would probably be a, uh, you know, it's like sort of sort of leaf. I believe it would be a dhamma. Tell me if I'm wrong. But we have to check it for bugs, probably. I'm not so familiar. Oh, both taste good and medicine. So if you're also having it for the taste, then you have to make a bracha. If it's a cookie, meaning if it contains flour, uh, if it contains flour from the five grains, then it automatically gets the bracha mizonos. So maybe marijuana, I'm not getting into the debate here if it uh, should be legal or not, but if it's being done, let's say, properly, there's no medical um, issue here, no, no uh, danger. You know, let's say it's being prescribed. <laughs> uh, I'm not so familiar with this specific uh, thing, but if, it ha- if it's a cookie, which means it has flour from the five grains, then it automatically assumes the blessing mizonos. As you mentioned, just like hamotzi, because anything which has flour, that's the most sustainable. It gives us the most uh, feeling of, of uh, becoming full. Then that gets flour. So besides, you know, gen- let's give an example here. So let's say, um, let's say... I have, it's not just a cracker, which a cracker is, is really mizonos, but even something which is, has some flour. I have like a pie, and everything in there is, is a vegetable, but, I, but the pie at the bottom crust is part of, it's part of, you know, we want it, we want it there, and you would make a mizonos on the whole thing. Because once there's flour there, it takes the cake, you know, it takes, it takes precedence. Excuse me. Unless the flour is just there to sort of hold it together. 
So let's say you're having um, like a kugel, you know, like you're having a, a what do they call it? A little pie, just a vegetable. And you're putting a little flour in, or uh, just to keep it together, the the consistent, you know, it should be thick. Then you wouldn't make a mazonas because the flour is not there for taste. It's it's just there for you know to make the the consistency thicker or for the color. But if it's there for taste, even if it's not a lot, even if it's not too much, but if there's flour in an ingredient in a, in a item, then it gets the bracha mazonas. So like uh, knedel, uh, you know, matzah balls, will be mazonas. Even if it has other things in there, some eggs or other things, it'll be mazonas. And other examples, I'm not a cook. Uh, chef, but uh, those are in the kitchen. You say if something has flour in it and it's there for taste, then it gets a mizona. So this cookie, maybe it has something that grows, but if it also has flour and it's there for taste, then it would be a mizona. So there are lots of examples we can talk about. You can read on. There are lots of books about this. You can lots of information. Um, I think that's it for today. Have a wonderful rest of your day. See this, the skies cleared up. You see, we studied some Torah. And uh, now you can go enjoy some fresh air. Have a wonderful day. And we'll see you back hopefully soon. Look out for an email where we will have some updates the next couple of days uh, with ongoing programs for the next couple of weeks. Meanwhile, for the Lunch and Learn, tune back in next Tuesday, 12.15, for a fun time. Sei gesund and stay blessed and make blessings.